got the real deal now. Ooh. Gonna kick this sorry ass out on the street. Welcome to the Lord and Western podcast. My name is Robert Fuller, and joining us today is Corey Santiago. Corey, thank you for being on the show. Uh, thanks for having me, man. Glad to have, glad to help out with this. Yeah, thank you. Um, and we are continuing our series into the Undertaker's streak, and in this one, he's facing Kane for the second time at WrestleMania 20. So, Corey, at this time, which is 2004, where were you as a wrestling fan? Uh, you know, I've, I've been a wrestling fan for probably about 10 years at this point. Uh, just entering, you know, my freshman year of high school, going through that. Uh, always a big fan of The Undertaker. And, you know, at this point, he had been the American badass for a few years. And, you know, it, it was good at some point for him to be that, to change up the character. But, you know, I was always hoping, you know, that he'd come back as the dead man. And as we got closer and closer to WrestleMania, and it looked like that was what the plan was going to be uh you know i was very excited for that and it was definitely a great thrill to see him return as the dead man yes i thought that as well but this this actually is the first WrestleMania that i watched live because don't like one in the morning here in the uk right uh so um because of my job the job i had at the time i was looking after a student union building and we can at that time we got all WWE pay-per-views practically for free so um i just put it on and pretty much got paid to watch most of it um with with this story, it's very interesting because obviously Undertaker's part of it, but you don't physically see him until the actual match itself. It's all about kind of emphasize the paranormal, you know, paranormal aspect of the uh, Undertaker's character. Oh, definitely. I mean, you know, a lot of the big questions leading up to WrestleMania 20 and his return was, you know, what is he physically going to look like? Because the last time we saw him, he was, you know, in his biker gear and he had the short hair and all that. So, you know, nobody knew if his hair had grown out any longer than what it was. And was he going to return to, you know, his old, you know, type outfits that he used to wear with the gloves and all that. And, you know, so that was, it was a big, you know, thing of not seeing the Undertaker physically up until WrestleMania 20. And I think it made for, you know, a bigger moment to the fact that, it, you know, the suspense was there of what is he going to look like when he returns. And I thought it, it, you know, provided for a much better moment than had he shown up like a few weeks out on Monday Night Raw, like he does, you know, these days and comes out and, and you get to actually see the Undertaker. Yes, um, pretty much still going to this is that um, Kane got unmasked in 2003 and it's slowly going to like, it goes becomes a heel because we're a bit more psychotic. Um, Undertaker faces uh, Mr. McMahon and a buried alive match at the Survivor Series. Kane helps out Vince and buries him alive. Uh, and pretty much he, there's one, I remember one bit, had, I think it was a Smackdown after Survivor Series, we give like a funeral service to, to Undertaker. And um, he's like, no, saying like, well, he's dead. You know, he's not going to see him again. Um, to, when he goes back, fast forward to the Royal Rumble 2004, and uh, Kane t- takes part. And then there's a bit where you hear the um, the bell from Taker's theme music, and that distracts Kane enough for um, Booker T to, to eliminate him. And from then up to pretty much the week before WrestleMania, 
uh, see like various paranoid incidents such as a rainstorm looking over, over the one where Kane stood, uh, like an Edmund Casket standing in the wing, and when he opens it, there's an urn inside it. Um, and all throughout this, Kane is, even though it's basically obvious that Undertaker has returned, even though he's not physically there, um, Kane is still in denial, up until like a good minute into the actual match itself, that Undertaker is dead and he doesn't exist. Oh yeah, that was that was good stuff. You know, it was and it was completely different from how they did. You know, the build up to their first match, where in, in their first match leading up, Kane wasn't afraid of the Undertaker when Undertaker would do you know all that stuff about walk, when he walked through the fire on the stage and all that when he returned, and Kane wasn't shaken up about seeing the Undertaker. And then it was completely different this time around, where like you said, you know, even as the match started, Kane didn't even believe that the Undertaker was in the ring with them. You know, kind of like walking towards him slowly, you know, pretending to. Uh, about to touch him to make sure he was actually standing in front of him. So it, it was a it was a cool way to completely change, you know, how they both have you know progressed in their careers to this point from where they were, yeah. you know, a few years earlier at WrestleMania 14. Yeah. Um, when we get to the match itself, um, is that obviously WrestleMania is at New York City, and I think the um, the tagline for WrestleMania is quite interesting because it goes where, where it all begins again. And you can kind of in a way relate that to the Undertaker because he's returned to his dead man gimmick. Um, when Kane enters, you see the um, the t- stage for like the New-, New York City skyline and it's on fire. Uh, I quite like that. Yeah, that was awesome. That was a cool visual to see. The WWE has always been great about making those visual type things stand out, whether it's packages or the way they use their lighting. You know, they're really, really good at stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Undertaker's entrance uh, for this one, you get. Uh, Paul Bear coming out with the Druids, carrying flaming torches. Uh, Bear goes to Kane, you're you're no son of mine. Um, Kisses the urn and weighs it, and that's when the music starts. And you get to see uh, Undertaker come down, but it keeps him cutting the Kane, who is still like, this just looks shocked and upset. And he's still in in this denial phase. Um, When Undertaker does come into the ring and the bar's well, I think it's about this point when the bell rings. Undertaker looks shocked. He's going, you are not real. And he, they're, just, they're just staring at each other for a good minute. And Kane still, you know, can't believe it. And I'm thinking to myself, like, if we can, if the audience can see him, if the referee can see him, if millions of people can see Undertaker, I'm going to think he's real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, I mean, Kane, as much as you're in denial about not wanting, you know, Taker to be standing a few feet in front of you because you know what's about to happen, you know, you, you just got to face reality, guy, that it, that it's about to go down with, with, with the Undertaker right now. Yeah. Uh, a good bit that you talked about where, like, Kane's, like, slowly puts his arm out and slowly walking towards Undertaker, still thinking to himself, he's not real, he's not real, he's not real. Um,. He is real because Undertaker starts thumping the crap out of him um, constantly, and then he always rips Kane, and Kane you know, leaves the ring to like compose himself. Um, Undertaker goes after him, and this is when Kane, you know, denial's gone now. He knows Undertaker's real. He starts punching him a few times, um, but he gets sent to the side of the ring. Um, just by the way, this is actually quite a short. With the first, like the first time the face came, a you know, big, big story, big, like, big build up. It's actually quite a short match. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I think because there was there was so much going on with that WrestleMania, and I think that there was a lot of you know other matches that they really wanted to give a lot of time to. Whereas at WrestleMania 14, that was you know one of the big featured matches for that show, and this one, you know, it, I think it kind of fell behind a few matches, and the and the big part of this match was basically just. You know, the Undertaker making his return as the dead man. I think they just wanted to, you know, give him that old entrance back and, and just, you know, he's there to get revenge on Kane for what Kane did to him, you know, back in Survivor Series. So I don't think they wanted to spend too much time, you know, them actually going out there and having to wrestle and more of it just being, here's Taker, he's back to the dead man, and he's just basically going to kill Kane one more time. Yes. Um, with this one, um, Taker does his guillotine lead drop and then puts Kane back to ring into the corner. So two other expansions then um, go to hit the big boot and go for the last wide, but Kane gets out of it. Um, this is what uh, I thought. I thought there was more back and forth than I thought there was going to be. Uh, so I remember I've seen this live. I'm not seeing it since then, and I thought it was just like a massive squash match, but it's not because Kane does get back into it. Um, it's like just punching him, his you know, covered choke slam, then a slight suplex, and then a close down from the top rope. Um, he does send Taker into the corner, but misses out that uh, splash and gets hit with a big boot, big boot, sorry, and a leg drop. Um, Taker goes for the old school, but um, you get a good visual where both of them are like trying to try to choke each other to death. Uh, but then out of nowhere, um, Kane hits a choke slam, and he's celebrating, and that starts mocking Paul Bearers at ringside. And one thing I've learned for Undertaker matches is that when you hit the finishing move, pin the guy straight away. Yeah, it's it's never a good thing to hit a move on Taker and then to get up and start to you know celebrate or something or taunt somebody else like the crowd or something because you, you know what's about to happen. It's never really good for for that guy on the receiving end. No, um, because um, Undertaker sits up, uh, starts punching Kane a few times, um, bounces Kane off the the ropes. And Kane does hit him with a kick to the chest, but Taker just totally knows how it. it. Um, Undertaker hits a flying clothesline, then a choke slam, and then he hits Tombstone, and that's it. He gets a win. So, um, it's a seven-minute match. I think, I can't remember if this is the match before the main event or not. Um, yeah, that's a good question. I'm not. I'm not sure. I don't. I don't. I don't think it was before the main event, but I, you know, I could be wrong. But you know, yeah. e- either way, I mean, like I said, I think that's what they wanted to accomplish was not too too long. Just go out there, and you know, it's funny that you said that. You know, a lot of people's you know thoughts about this match was squash match, and even you know me trying to think back to you know how the match really took place. That's kind of what it always felt like to me was that it was a squash, even though like you talked about, Kane actually you know, had a good amount of offense in on Taker in that match, but I think just the way that it kind of played out where everything Kane did didn't really impact or hurt the Undertaker that much, you know, to the point where he, you know, kept getting up and rising up and all that, and the fact that it was a short match, I think, puts it into people's heads that it, it wasn't really that competitive, and it was kind of like a glorified squash match where Kane got offense in, but, you know, for the whole majority of the time, you knew what was going to happen with, with, with the Undertaker beating him. Yeah. Yes, that's it. Pretty much the uh, match there. Um, so, Corey, with the Undertaker, what did you think of him being the whole biker gimmick? Were you a fan of it or not? Oh, I loved it, man. That's that's always been, you know, the Undertaker the to me has always been that. I mean, like I said, when he was the American badass, you know, I supported Taker because he's, you know, he's always been 
the wrestler that I've always enjoyed the most. He's my you know all-time favorite, so I would always support him as the American Badass, but I wanted to see him be the dead man again because it had been so long. So when I, you know, you saw the video packages leading up to WrestleMania about, you know, it showed all of his dead man stuff and you knew he was probably going to come back as the dead man. Uh, I was thrilled about it and, you know, the the visual of seeing him, you know, still in the same outfit, you know, as the American Badass, just back to being a dead man. It, it took a little bit to kind of get used to, uh, but you know, once he just kept being Undertaker, and you knew that he was back to himself, that it, it was all good to see. And you know, the surprise of seeing Paul Bear come back out with him too was, I think, you know, really uh, provided a nice touch with it. You know, I wasn't really yeah. expecting that, so I thought that was great as well. And the fact that they actually went on, you know, even for a little bit more, you know, throughout into the summer where they stayed together and, you know, did a little bit more there. But, uh, you know, yeah, I thought it was great, man. You know, I love seeing Undertaker like that, and uh, it was definitely, you know, a big pop for me to see him return. Yeah, I mean, with me, I always found the bike a bit, a bit weird, but I could see why they wanted to change it because before that, he became a really dark character. I I didn't think they can go back, no, dial it back. So perhaps like a break from that would, would probably be the best thing to do. And it does help that he does have some good matches. He has a couple of good WrestleMania matches at 17 and 18. 19 is a bit of a the bizarre match to me. Oh yeah, that was a that match was just a, a big time cluster where I think they were trying to get over Nathan Jones and trying to you know push him and help you know give him the rub with teaming with the Undertaker and it yeah. just didn't work. Like like you said, you know they had a little bit of a of a of a streak there going where he had a good match with Triple H at seventeen. His match with Flair was pretty good at eighteen, and then we get to nineteen. It's just it's all cluster, and that's that's pretty much where you know I think the biker gimmick for the Undertaker kind of had a run its course where you know you're putting one of the biggest names in the history of your company you know on wrestlemania and he's involved in a tag match i mean i think that said it all well yeah the thing that got me about that match is that technically undertaker should have been destroyed because of the ending because they because i didn't notice it when i first watched it but um just really goes like this is now a handicap match but maybe they don't go like beat the crap out of beforehand and then if it comes in and just Big boots, um, a train weather from the referee, and I think to myself, shouldn't you be disqualified? But obviously not. Um, <laughs> so, um, Corey, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Corey Santiago, all one word, pretty easy to find out. Corey with the EY, not a Y. So, uh, you know, I'm usually always floating around. If, you know, you don't see me tweet, I'm usually still checking, just, you know, he's doing, uh, you know, up to, up to no good most of the time. So that's basically where you can, uh, check me out right now. Yeah. Um, as for me, um, you can follow me on Twitter at Lowdown Wrestling. Um, my website is lowdownwrestling.blogspot.com. Um, just focusing on a little bit more pay-per-view reviews at the minute and um, the next one if I ever get around to it will be TNA Lockdown so I'm kind of half looking forward to that and uh, after that we'll be talking forward to about painting pieces so um, Corey thanks again for being on the show uh, thanks for having me man yeah, and uh, join us next time where I'll be discussing with a guest the WrestleMania 21 match which will take place on The Legend Killer Randy Orton um, until then, thanks for your listen and goodbye. Right, that's one down, one to go. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that, only, that, that was really quick, but the fair, I think 